Nate, we barely survived this one. It was an absolute scare. I think I had three strokes throughout the course of this game, but Ohio State nearly survived 52-51. What's your rapid reaction right now as we're recording this emergency podcast Saturday, 9.48 p.m.? I think my most raw reaction, Mike, is that Tyrell Pagrom should have hit that pass on the two-point conversion, and we should have lost 53-52. That man was wide wide open, uh, and he just missed him. If we're being honest, he just missed him. Yeah, I think he was expecting the tight end or receiver, whatever he was, to kind of keep running to the inside and, like, peel off. Also, Pagrom threw it, like, way too hard. Like, he, not only did he miss him, but he, he, like, bulleted in there and made it really hard for him to catch. Uh, I mean, Pagrom made a lot of plays. For someone that only had six completions on the day and had 11 rushes for negative 20 yards, I was definitely scared of him towards the end. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many emotions throughout the course of this game. We just need to, like, talk it all through and, to figure out exactly what happened because I still really can't get a full like mental grasp on what I watched. Yeah, you know, after watching, I've got this pathetic UCF Cincinnati game on in the background. But uh, as I watch the remainder of the games today, I, I feel like I actually feel better because there were so many games that were just. Strange. I mean, Alabama's tied with the Citadel at halftime. Are you serious? Michigan. Michigan looks shaky. West Virginia loses to a five and five Oklahoma State team. Just a lot of. It was one of those weird, funky, you know, college football Saturdays. Yeah. Also, Boston College lost to Florida State. Northwestern won. I mean, it. It's been a weird day. I mean, there really wasn't like heading into the week. We were saying this is a really weak slate. There's not going to be many exciting games. Unfortunately, uh, the exciting, the really only exciting game in the 12 o'clock window came at our own expense. But there were some other crazy games. Colorado State almost won on a Hail Mary. But, I mean, putting all that aside, I think the best way we should attack this game is just kind of talk about it chronologically and from the beginning as opposed to just going through and um, and, and assessing the, each position group at a time. Because that's the only way... You know, we can really refresh the viewers or the listeners on, on what exactly happened and maybe they can get a mental hold on what they were feeling at, when these plays were going down. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that sounds great. Uh, the the biggest play that sticks out to Mike, or to me, Mike, that I'll, I'll just point out first, your reaction after an 81-yard touchdown run by um, Anthony McFarland. Booger McFarland's cousin. Booger McFarland's cousin. I'm just joking. I don't think he's Booger McFarland's cousin. Although Ray Lewis' son does play play on the team, which is kind of cool. That was frustrating and immediately got to blame Damon Arnett on that one. I think it was that one. It might have been the next one. But the guy goes in motion, the receiver, and Damon Arnett completely bites on the jet sweep leaves the left side open, and Anthony McFarland just happens to be a really fast freshman, beats him to the outside. And we've seen this story many times before. Our defensive backs cannot catch up to another fast player in the open field. And, Nate, I ask you this question. What happened to our conservative, no-big-play defense that worked so well against Michigan State uh, right off the bat, 81-yard touchdown, second play of the game? Man, the the biggest thing – like you said, is that Damon Arnett just bit hard 
Uh, and Damon Arnett, he, you know I've never been fond of him, but he looked terrible today. Maybe the worst de- defensive performance I've ever seen by an individual player was by Damon Arnett today. He was respons- directly responsible for both long touchdown runs. The um, the That's long fair, throw, yeah. yeah, the long throw to the one yard line towards the end of the game was also his fault. Um, just so many. He he probably gave up twenty one to twenty eight points on his own. Here's the thing that doesn't make sense: when he's biting on the jet sweep, like you're the cornerback coming in from the outside, you're not going to make a play on a jet sweep going the opposite direction. Like it makes absolutely no sense why you would even sell out like that. So that was that was pretty frustrating. But then even more frustrating is the ensuing kickoff. Uh, they, I don't even know if this was intended to be an onside kick or it just happened to be a really lucky bounce, but they, the Maryland kicker, Joseph Petrino, just kind of pops it up and the ball bounces in front of Johnny Dixon. He doesn't make a move and Maryland recovers it. And, uh, that was, that, that made it even, you know, a terrible start even worse. Yeah. It, I, I, I like Johnny Dixon. He played pretty well today, but he's got to be removed from, Kickoff return, just numerous mistakes. Just catching in the air. Yeah, he had the big issue against Purdue as well. Um, he just he has not gotten it done. And so, I mean, early there, I know I'm thinking this could be 14 nothing, and we're a minute into the football game. Yeah, fortunately, we get saved by their own stupidity. They run a trick play, and it ends up being a fumble. Ironically, uh, the receiver who didn't catch the ball at the end of our, at the end of the game, Deshaun Jones, is the one who fumbled here. Uh, we recovered it, and Dwayne Haskins is marching out on the field after probably the most exciting three-play sequence in the history of college football. Yeah, yeah, it it really was, <laughs> like you said, one of the most exciting. Uh, three plays in, in college football. But then, you know, Dwayne Haskins kind of righted the ship. And really, we saw on that opening drive from the Buckeyes the beginning of what was a feed J.K. Dobbins Saturday afternoon. I don't know if in the box score they were planning on uh, J.K. Dobbins ending up with 37 carries, but he had a Larry Johnson uh, circa 2005 <laughs> with the Kansas City Chiefs performance. Just Totally rode him. He had as many carries as Dwayne Haskins had pass attempts, which is crazy when you think about it at the end of the day. But, Nate, did you like the attitude that Ohio State came early on, basically saying, we don't care what the score is, we're just going to run the ball in the middle, and we are going to set the tone, and not even Dwayne Haskins isn't going to need even need to pass on this drive. I mean, ultimately he did, but I think we had 10 plays on that drive, and I think eight of them were rushing attempts. So did you like that mentality off of that? Yeah, you know, there's so many things to take away defensively today that were were not good. But you take away the turnovers, which I know is a big thing, but you take away the turnovers for the Buckeye offense, and they were outstanding, Mike. Uh, Tons of balance, you know, 283 yards on the ground, averaging over five yards a carry, uh, 405 yards through the air. That that is the kind of balance that that you look and desire for week to week, and that's a that's a balance that could keep us in a football game with with Michigan. Yeah, I think the offensive line is really almost there. I mean, early on in the year we were complaining about them 
poor pass protection. We were complaining that they weren't getting enough of a push in the run game. And we were complaining about penalties. And I think today we saw a pretty good push in the run game. I mean, obviously we ran for over 250 yards. Uh, they kept Dwayne Haskins upright for the most part. Anytime Dwayne Haskins did get sacked, it was mostly a coverage sack. He was just holding on to the ball for too long. But the penalties still were there. And, and you know, we had the ball in Maryland territory uh, after J.K. Dobbins had a huge 28-yard run. And off the bat, uh, you know, Thayer Mumford gets a false start. And I felt like that was a common theme, whether it was Thayer Mumford or, uh, you know, pretty much anyone else on that offensive line. We saw a bunch of penalties, and that's something that they still need to clean up. Mike, I'm going back through the the penalties in my mind, and I know Thayer Mumford had a false start. Isaiah Prince had two, one of which he just kind of fell out of his stance. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. And then uh, Malcolm Prison had two holds and an illegal hand to the face. So this, match, team, yeah. this team had 10 penalties total. There's six right there just from the offensive line. Yeah, no, everything was either on the offensive line or the defensive back. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. I don't think, you, you know, there was pretty much nothing else uh, other than that that I can think of. But anyway, we capped off that drive with a field goal, uh, you know, all is well. But then the ensuing play, you know, at this point, Maryland's offense only had two plays, while the third play of the game, another 75-yard touchdown run. Uh, this was very annoying. Oh, so frustrating. It was, Especially after it just happened. Yeah, it was similar to the play that it already had already scored. Um, and yeah, the Buckeyes just got beat again. Uh, and, and this one was more painful because Tough Borland was the guy chasing Anthony McFarland. <laughs> and he runs, it's, it's, it's sad to watch is what it is, Mike. It's just it's it's hard to watch. I thought you were going to go another route because I thought this was sad to watch because Brandon White, the guy we had praised for such a great performance against Michigan State, completely blew an open field tackle. I mean, that was enormous. That's the difference between a five-yard gain and a 75-yard gain. And I saw the stat that Ohio State had three missed tackles against Michigan State. Well, I think the first three plays of the game, Ohio State had three missed tackles. So we, we matched that uh, tally early on, Maryland taking a 14-3 to lead. Yeah, that's absolutely true as well. Um, yeah, Brandon White I thought played okay overall, but that is a play in the hole you have to make. And, Mike, it speaks to a bigger problem, and that problem is that this coaching staff routinely – has these defensive players in bad positions. If you watch the linebackers, it's almost as if they just run up into the offensive line and pick up a block. Like they're doing exactly what the opposing team's offensive line wants them to do. Um, if you watch Malik Harrison and Tuff Borland, you know, play to play, you're going to see that over and over. And that, it's, uh, I just don't understand. Yeah, I agree. I think positioning is pretty bad, and I think straight up, like, the tackling just hasn't been that good. And I said this to you during the game. I feel like, in general, Maryland is making so many big plays because uh, the defensive line was our only, you know, barrier on defense. As soon as they got past the defensive line, it was guaranteed, you know, 10, 15 yards. But, you know, credit to the defensive line. I don't know how many tackles for loss they had on this game, but uh, I'm going to look at it right now. Yeah, we ended up with 11 tackles for loss, which is pretty crazy because Maryland only had uh, 62 ta- uh, plays in general. So, 
one-sixth of Maryland, I'm doing the math in my head right now quickly, one-sixth of Maryland's plays uh, were held behind the line, which, which is really good. You know, it's just they kill you with the other stuff. It really felt like, and I think you made this point, Mike, it really felt like the, the, the Buckeye defense just rotated. They either had a huge, they gave up a huge play for 50 yards, or they, you know, had a stop behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it was the opposite for Ohio State's offense early on. We were just chipping away three yards, four yards, seven yards, two yards, one yard, like shades of Jim Trestle, pretty much the same stuff we were trying to do against Michigan State. But Ohio State's ensuing drive. Uh, we had another 10-play drive. Unfortunately, this one ended with J.K. Dobbins getting stuffed on fourth and one. Uh, tough one to watch here, knowing Maryland was going to get the ball back. But I, I do like the aggressiveness. I thought it was a good call, even in retrospect. I think it's better than settling for a 42-yard field goal. Um, did you like the call going for a fourth and one there? Yeah, I did. Uh, it, it's still incredibly frustrating that, you know, we couldn't capitalize, couldn't get a yard. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm glad that we didn't go to the conservative route. Mike, let me ask you this. At this point, this early in the football game, we saw a ton of Urban Meyer. What was your thoughts on, on his reaction as a head coach? Um, seemed to be just up in arms, hands constantly on his knees, bent over, hands on his head. Um, what – what does that say to players out there? If your head coach, the guy you're looking to, is reacting that way, the thing that I was so confused about is he spent 95% of the game either in agony, holding his head, or yelling at the officials or yelling at people on the field. Like good head coaches in game will make adjustments, go over to his coaching staff and says, "Hey, I saw this. You know, we have to, or maybe talk to his coordinators. Like, what what adjustments do we have to make?" But you know, he was just so frustrated, and I felt like he was almost a fan. Like, that was my reaction. I Multiple times I was in the Urban Meyer classic, hunched over, you know, looking like I'm in lower back pain. Flash having a stroke. That's his, like, go-to position. He almost looks like more of a fan uh, than a coach today, which was definitely concerning. Uh, but I, I do think we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But very annoying when, like, any time anything happens, he's just constantly rubbing his head and making faces. Yeah, I I just think it's a poor look, too, as a head coach. I mean, you have 18-year-old young men looking to you. And, and to lack that much composure, I, that just feels like a real problem to me. The next possession uh, Maryland, I'm not even going to say really drives down the field because it was kind of classic Maryland stuff. Negative two yards, 56-yard bomb over the top, incomplete pass, three yards, incomplete pass, 36-yard field goal. If that does not, uh, you know, basically epitomize what this game was, I mean, I don't know what does. So Maryland takes a 17-3 lead. Uh, we get the ball back. A fast forward through this, Nate. Um, we get a few first downs, end up punting. Maryland gets the ball back and miss a field goal. At this point, 17-3, Ohio State's getting the ball back, and Wayne Haskins is about to throw a bomb to Terry McLaurin. How are you feeling about our odds on winning this game, down 14 in the first quarter? I think the commentator said it, that this felt like a Purdue or an Iowa game, and that's exactly what was going through my head. Um, I was ready to, to pack it in. Now, I know that sounds terrible as a fan, um, but I was ready to pack the season in. 
and and just consider our season nine and three as good enough. Yeah, it was it was definitely deflating. I actually do want to point out one thing that Maryland missed the field goal because we had back to back sacks. Huge job, Tuff Borland got him on the blitz, and then Chase Young who really stepped up. I feel like this was one of his best games in a while. I mean, I can't imagine. I I can't remember the last time Chase Young played this well, but he had a huge sack that dropped Maryland from a third and 19 to a fourth and 25, and then, uh, you know, the kicker hooked the the field goal left. And uh, I wasn't feeling good, but, you know, in Dwayne Haskins, we trust. He threw a huge bomb over the top. And Terry McLaurin showing, uh, you know, he could could go deep too. Uh, Johnny Dixon isn't the only one on this team that can catch those deep balls over the top. Terry Mack went beast mode today. I know he left the game with an injury. Um, I think just week by week, I feel worse and worse about hating on him because he is he is the model of consistency, for being honest. Yeah, I think at this point, I texted you, Terry McLaurin is the only player with a sack on this team other than Dwayne, which is true. It's definitely how I felt because he's always giving 100% effort, whether he's a gunner on special teams, whether he's fighting for the first down. And he's going to go down as one of the most, like, unsung uh, four-year Buckeyes in the Urban Meyer era. I feel like he's almost like this year's, like, Evan Spencer. Yeah, he's the Evan Spencer of of this team. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, the defense couldn't hold. Maryland's next possession ended with a touchdown. Um, they, uh, I'm trying to look. Yeah, it was just kind of a systematic drive down the field, uh, 24-10. And that was frustrating because I feel like this entire first half was one step forward for Ohio State, two steps back. And as good as yeah. the as good as the offense was playing, the defense couldn't match it. And Maryland got another touchdown. And at this point, Maryland had 250 rush yards in the first half against Ohio State. Mike, why don't you tell the listener listeners what you said? about Ohio State stopping the run before the game even started. You sent me a text message. What did it say? Yeah, I have it pulled up right here. I said, this game is very simple. And keep in mind, it's actually this at 11.59, uh, right before kickoff. If we hold them to under 150 yards rushing, we will win by 20-plus. If they rush for 150 to 250, it's a close game. If they rush for 250-plus, we lose. And now I would say I ended up being wrong. They ended up rushing for over 300 but we definitely would have lost this game if not for the heroics of Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the the McFarland kid had over 200 yards rushing through a quarter. I mean, that ugh. that's yeah, that, gut-punching. Gut very frustrating. We got the ball back after Maryland's touchdown, and leave it to Terry McLaurin again. I feel like this was another big momentum shifter. Uh, we were kind of driving down the field a little bit, and Dwayne Haskins threw it up to Terry McLaurin. It was a third and nine. There was pass interference on Maryland, but Terry McLaurin hauled it in anyway for a 39-yard gain. Uh, we ended up eventually getting it down for a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins runs it in. This point, Maryland 24, Ohio State 17. I'm feeling really good, and I think we're going to be able to come back and win this one. Were you feeling a little bit better at our pro- at, no. Were you feeling a little bit better about our prospects at this point? Yeah, uh, I was starting to feel better. Thought if we could get it tied going into the half, uh, that we would be sitting sitting very pretty. Um, I'm trying to find the young man's name who we just picked on all day. Uh, I think uh, Ravon, Ravon Davis. Yeah, number two. Yeah, he just got exposed. 
He uh, had the pick I mean, six, but he, he, it was off of a deflection. It's not like he really made a nice play, but otherwise he was getting killed. Yeah, he, he made Damon Arnett look like a talented defender. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love how our, our go, go-to goal line play at the end of the game was, like, line Ben Victor out in one-on-one coverage and just throw a fade, which never – those fade passes never work, but when you have it matched up against this Maryland, you know, number two kid, it worked like a charm. Yeah, that's worked, what, like twice ever? Yeah, and uh, fortunately both times to Ben Victor. Uh, so that was good, and then Matt, we forced the Maryland punt, which is great, and ensuing possession, we're down 24-17. Dwayne Haskins, just doing Dwayne Haskins' thing, driving them down the field systematically. They threw another uh, 38-yard pass over the top to Ben Victor. This is when your guy, Rayvon Davis, threw his mouthpiece, the guy we were yep. talking about that was getting picked on, got a 15-yard penalty, very next possession, another penalty on, on Rayvon Davis. It was holding. So we get the ball down to the seven. But, of course, in Ohio State fashion in this game, nothing is easy. J.K. Dobbins coughs it up on a six-yard run, and they recover it in the end zone for a touchback, and that basically ended the half. That was very frustrating. I take full credit for that. A week ago, I talked about wanting Mike Weber to be the bell cow, but J.K. Dobbins having better ball security – and boom, look what happened. J.K. Dobbins runs the heck out of the football and also fumbles. That's on hey, me. I'm not going to blame you because I was thinking the same thing even though I didn't say it. This is something that really bothered me. And I'm not going to say it bothered me because breaks happen in football games. And I'm not saying Maryland got breaks from the refs. So I think the refs are pretty even. I'm not going to say the refs picked us. But they just had so many weird lucky bounces, like things that were going their way. And I would say another example of this was when J.K. Dobbins fumbles, the ball is essentially at the one-yard line. And when Maryland fumbles, they recover their own fumble in the end zone, which is, you know, obviously the one uh, that forced overtime. But when we fumble, not only does the guy pick it up, but the, the, guy that, the one guy in Maryland that happened to be in the end zone ended up recovering the fumble, which makes it a touchback. If anyone else on the field for Maryland recovers that ball, Maryland gets the ball on the one-yard line, and Ohio State could potentially get a safety. So that was something else that I thought was, you know, just so frustrating. It's like we can't catch a break at this point. Man, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. He literally he grabbed the ball at the one-yard line, and as he was corralling it in, brought it into the end zone. I was thinking it was going to be a safety because the ball was initially out of the end zone, but I guess he never had possession, so I kind of just ended up arguing with myself about that. Yeah, and, you know, at that point, too, it was like, Oh, this is perfect. It's going to be 24 all going to the half. We're getting the ball to start the second half. Um, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, it wasn't great, but, you know, we're going to pull away. We should get a nice maybe 51-24 victory or something like that. But uh, I was very wrong. Yep, and, of course, we followed that up in the second play of the uh, second half. Dwayne Haskins throws an interception. It was Honestly, this was just a really good play by Maryland, and I'm not just saying this because I love Dwayne and I'm sticking up for him, but I think he was hitting Luke Farrell on a curl route, if I remember this correctly. The linebacker just made a really good play to tip it up, and Rayvon Davis caught it. Uh, And You know, he had such a terrible day. I I guess I'm glad for his own personal sake that he got one thing to go his way, and he ran it back for a touchdown, and this put Maryland up 31-17, which – this was frustrating, but it's not. It wasn't as frustrating because it's really hard to get on Dwayne because he was playing so well at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, no real frustration for me on that play. It was, 
it certainly was boneheaded. It wasn't the smart, correct play to make. Um, but like you said, at that point, he'd been playing so well, uh, I couldn't say much. But, you know, it was one of those things, Mike, I was doing the dishes uh, as the second half started, and I felt my phone vibrate, and I thought, oh, that's probably Mike. We must have done, you know, we, maybe we scored a touchdown. And I was completely incorrect. So, again, right from the start, the Buckeyes are behind the eight ball, having to dig themselves out of a hole. They, to their credit, though, they did dig themselves out of that hole. They did systematically drive down the field. They put together an eight-play, 73-yard drive to follow that up for a touchdown. Um, and this was another – there was a pass interference play that was pretty huge on third and seven um, on Ray Lewis's son that kept the drive alive, and it ended with a Dwayne Haskins two-yard rushing touchdown, his first of the day. i got to say one thing. Where is this Dwayne Haskins read option stuff coming from? Because he did not show this all year, and this was a huge element that really, really uh, helped out our run game today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just – I don't know, Mike. Uh, Sorry, I I got distracted by this UCF game on in the background and this Hunter, uh, Mac Loudermilk. I apologize, Mike. yeah, I I don't know. Overall, can you just repeat the question? <laughs> what is that? Is that punch of the guy with the really long hair? Yeah, he uh, he just had some punt and did his little celebration, and then got in the Cincinnati player who called a fair catch at state. And uh, yeah, I, I, I say, you see, that's turning into a really hateable team. Uh, no, yeah, the initial question was just that: what, Dwayne Haskins became a rushing threat today. Uh, whether it was scrambling or the read option game, they were giving him some design runs. Uh, he ran that touchdown in first and goal at the Maryland, so he, he kind of ran in for two yards. So, yeah. you know, I, basically, where is this coming from? Yeah, I, it was such a nice element to see, and I don't know why it's not something we've seen more this year. I mean, he, he averaged about four yards a carry today, three rushing touchdowns, and you could see the defenses. They bit hard on those read options, you know, tackling J.K. Dobbins nearly every time, leaving gaping, and I mean gaping windows, running lanes open for for Dwayne Haskins. That's something we have to see next week against Michigan. Um, And quite frankly, I don't know why we haven't seen it more this year because, Mike, you recall back to the Michigan game last year, Dwayne Haskins had a big 20-yard rush that got us down inside the five. Yeah, I think it's good that they really did break it out in this game because it just gives Michigan something else to kind of think about in the back of their minds. Like, they're going to have to respect the read option more. They're not just going to collapse on J.K. I don't think it's ideal to have Dwayne Haskins running the ball 14 times. I mean, after all, he did cough it up on a fumble uh, on our very next offensive possession. But, yeah, overall, it's just good to have that threat. But I think more importantly than doing the read option stuff, which is important, I think his scrambling ability is that much more important because if the defense is going to have to cover him with a quarterback spy, that's one less person that they're going to be able to throw in coverage, thus one less defender, you know, going against Dwayne Askins in the passing game. So I think overall just him being basically – He's, he's the Swiss Army knife, right? This is just another thing he's adding to his game. We already know he can make every throw known to man. Now he can do that, too. Uh, I think it's just huge for us going forward. 
Yeah, and I think, Mike, if, if Michigan doesn't open with the spy, if Devin Bush doesn't start as that spy, I think early on in the football game Saturday, you might look to, to, to do some delayed quarterback draws, um, which are, you know, just open field. Michigan is a team that loves to send four guys. They have four talented defensive linemen that can get a lot of pressure just with those four. So if, if that space opens up, I say, Dwayne, take off, get, you know, 10, 15 yards when you can, kind of like Trace McSorley did against the Buckeyes earlier this season. Yeah, I agree. That is, especially in the college game, it's just so useful to have that. Um, Nate, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. The Dwayne Haskins did cough it up, which kind of killed our momentum, but it really wasn't too huge because that Maryland followed it up with back-to-back three and outs. So I'm going to skip ahead to Ohio State tying the game with the seven-play, 44-yard drive, which culminated in a six-yard touchdown from Dwayne Haskins to K.J. Hill. And this was huge because this was on third and goal. If we didn't get this, we were going to have to kick a field goal. But we finally climbed all the way back out of that 17-3 hole to tie the game. And at this point, I was feeling really good about our chances, 31-31 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and it was late, too. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. There's only a few minutes left at this point, I think. Uh, let's see if I can find the exact time. I can't find the exact time, but there wasn't a ton of time left at that point. Um, and yeah, I thought, okay, great. The defense has really stepped up here in the second half. We just need to get another stop, another three and out. And I was completely incorrect, uh, to trust Damon Arnett like that. How could I be so stupid? Yeah. So I actually, I think you're, I think you're still ahead. Maybe yeah. I'm one ahead. Yeah, you're one ahead. So, yeah, you're – I know it's hard to do – I have everything in front of me, so it's a lot easier for me to follow. I know you're going off of memory here, which is tough. Um, but, yeah, so that touchdown happened with 12 minutes left. So there still was some time. But okay. you're right. Definitely was like – we were still getting queasy a little bit. But Maryland followed it up with a nine-play, 83-yard touchdown drive. And this was – I know frustrating is a buzzword. If you're playing a drinking game right now and you're drinking every time we say the word frustrating, you are on the floor because they've said it so many times. But this was so frustrating. Fourth and eight, we stopped them. Uh, what happens? They run a fake punt. And why, in God's name, do you have nine people rushing the punter in that situation? It makes no sense. We just sent a house. The absolute house, and like you said, Mike, it just didn't make sense. Uh, it, it just did not make sense. There is no need to, um, especially in that place. I believe they're on the Ohio State side of the field, the four, yeah, the 46-yard line, uh, I believe, so or maybe 48. Just utter, yeah, stupidity. I don't understand what Urban Meyer was thinking there. That's one of those where you just make sure that you don't give up a fake. You know, it's kind of a, a coverage or protection punt return. Uh, we didn't do that, and we paid the price for it. That, that that was the kind of play that I felt like was so debilitating, it could have, you know, cost us the football game. Yeah, that's the spot because, look, they're at the Ohio State 45-yard line. That is prime fake territory. Because even if the fake doesn't work, you're only sacrificing 20 yards from what it would be with a touchback. Like, they're not going to run that fake when it's at their own 20-yard line. Like, that would be ridiculous. So I was thinking in my head, like, God, watch for the fake. 
And Urban Meyer immediately after was like, oh, my bad, my bad. Like, he's supposed to be the Mr. Special Teams. He was too busy pulling his hair out to think of a good uh, pun coverage call. Yeah, and you have to think, getting the head of Matt Canada over there at Maryland, okay? Like you said, you're on the Ohio State 45-yard line. You punt it. If you're lucky, you get it inside the five. Probably not. Probably going to be a touchback, so it's 20 yards. But with the way Ohio State's offense was playing, it didn't really matter. They were going to move the football. So why not take a chance there? Mind you, they're also a 5-5 five and five football team with nothing to lose. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that doesn't cross your mind at least a little bit. And this was followed up with uh, one of Pergram's touchdown passes on the day. This is the one that Kendall Sheffield – I mean, this is pretty good defense. It was just a really good, like, bobbling. It was. You know, there's not much more you can do about this. I'm sure, like, if it was Damon Arnett, we would find a way to blame him. But, look, Kendall Sheffield hasn't been awesome this year. He he did get a hand on the ball. He didn't get a pass interference called on him. Uh, and it was just a really good play by Maryland. So you kind of just have to tip the cap. This was one of the uh, six passes that Pergrom completed on the day. And Maryland went up 38-31. And just like that, we found ourselves back against the corner yet again. Heck of a heck of a play by the receiver. You're right, Mike, and and pretty good defense by Kendall Sheffield. Um, we've said it so many times, Mike. It, when is when is Kendall Sheffield going to be the lockdown guy we expected? Uh, we could say that for so many guys. When are they going to be what we expected? But um, yeah, he he just got beat there. The receiver made a better play, and again. We paid the price. At this point, it was really starting to look like a Big 12 shootout game. Uh, we got the ball back and drove down the field pretty much at will. We did face uh, two third downs, uh, which which we did convert on both ways, uh, both times. And it ended up with another Dwayne Haskins touchdown run on second and goal from the one. This touchdown was scored with three minutes and 41 seconds. So we're tying this up at 38. I don't know about you, Nate, but at this point I'm thinking all we need to do is stop them, get the ball back, and Dwayne can get us in field goal range for the win. I was thinking about getting the win here. I was little, you know, I, I was not thinking at all that Maryland was going to score and leave us enough time to score again. Yeah, I, I am with you, Mike. I thought, let's just get a stop. They cannot stop our offense. We will surely score and win this football game. And as I mentioned earlier, boy, was I wrong to put that kind of faith in Damon Arnett. Yeah, this was uh, this was a tough one as well. This And again, I was talking before. So, well, first of all, I mean, Damon Arnett, yeah, he gave up the, the deep pass, right? That was the first thing that he did wrong. But beyond that, are you going to blame him for this penalty? Because I actually don't think it was a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty. I think it was uncatchable. But I still think he was, he was interfering. So, it, to me, don't even put the official in the, you know, place where they could make that call. Just keep your hands off the guy. Uh, and he failed to do that. And he, oh, you know, he almost completely ruined our chances again. And with that even said, too, Mike, was I the only one who was freaking out? thinking, okay, we're trying to make these goal line stands, but they're still going to score. We're not going to leave ourselves any time. I was thinking the same exact thing. I was like, I I would almost, because when they had the ball first and goal at our six-yard line, 
The only thing I was thinking, or actually our one-yard line, and then they had a false start, whatever, it went back to the six. What I was thinking is, like, they could end this game if we get a penalty. Because if we get some kind of holding penalty and it becomes an automatic first down, they could just run the ball three times, burn our timeouts, and, and kick the field goal if time expires. But because, like, they ran out of bounds and because there was an incomplete pass, uh, even with the penalty, they weren't able to do that, and there was still a lot of time left on the clock. But I was so scared at this point that we weren't going to have enough time. And then, as I said before, they got a really lucky break. Uh, Anthony McFarlane reaches for the goal line on third and goal. Tough blow and knocks it out of his hand. But, you know, the only guy around to recover the fumble was the Maryland dude. And uh, Maryland, just like that, goes up 45-38. Yeah, that was just crazy. It, it, all the players were so focused on making the tackle, they didn't see the ball leak out. And, and allow themselves the chance to recover that fumble. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're sitting there and it's, you know, we're down a touchdown with a little over a minute to go. Did you have faith, Mike? Did you think Dwayne could take us down the field and we could, could score a touchdown? I did. I was probably at like 70-30 at this point. Because Maryland's defense is playing so bad at this point. Um, we had scored touchdowns on our last two drives, and we drove down the field both times. I didn't think timing was going to be an issue. And, uh, you know, I was texting my friend, and he was like, oh, you just can't, you know, are you going to have enough time? I said, time's not going to be an issue. You know, we're not going to score if there's a turnover or uh, – that. I thought that was pretty much it. You know, I thought it was either turnover or bust for us. And how about this, Nate? A DeMario McCall sighting. Hey. 22 yards return. A heck of a return. Lots of missed tackles. Uh, really probably the best play he has made in his career as a Buckeye, if you ask me. Yeah, that was – that was. I, I was thinking in my head, like, oh, it would be so fitting if we hadn't had a return touchdown in so long and DeMario McCall House was one here. Um, although it probably wouldn't have been good because we would have given Maryland enough time to go down and score. But anyway, we really – I mean, Dwayne drives down the field pretty easily. We didn't face the fourth down the entire drive. Uh, there was a holding penalty in the end zone uh, to K.J. Hill on second and goal by the same guy, Ravon Davis. He must have had, like, seven penalties on the day. And then Dwayne Haskins finishes it off with a back shoulder fade to Ben Victor, uh, targeting his first Ravon Davis. Wow, I would love to see his Twitter, uh, his timeline right now, to tie it at 45 uh, with 40 seconds to go. But, Nate, little did we know that Maryland would have, another, would have another chance to make this interesting in regulation. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He, uh, Pagrom completes, a, well, I think, a 30-yard pass um, yep. into, the, into Buckeye territory. I think they're inside the 40-yard line of Ohio State. And you're thinking, okay, we're one handoff Anthony McFarland away from this game being over. Fortunately, we get back-to-back sacks. Uh, shout out Chase Young on the first one, Draymond Jones on the second one. Um, yeah, they, so they did have a chance for a Hail Mary, but Draymond Jones sacked him on the Hail Mary. And then we're going to overtime, and Nate, at this point, I'm feeling pretty good, but I'm also uneasy because I immediately, as soon as it was announced that we were going to get the ball first, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, shit, this is going to come down to a two-point conversion because they're not going to stop us, we're not going to stop them. And Matt Canada being interim coach, 5-5 five and five team at home against the top 10 team, they're going to go for the win, and I'm going to have a heart attack, and I might die. 
And hey, it ended up happening. <laughs> and dude, you were you were right. And Mike, you don't sell our possession short. We had a fourth and one that we called a timeout on, and looked like it was going to be an obvious run play. Maryland had that snuffed out. Would have stuffed us. Little did we know we were throwing the football to Rashad Berry on back-to-back plays, and Rashad Berry gets us down to to the Maryland five. Then we get a 15-yard personal foul penalty on Malcolm Pridgen. The very next play is a 15-yard pass interference penalty on Maryland, which puts us right back at the five-yard line. And from there, Dwayne Haskins, another rushing touchdown. Yeah, that's true. That was a really crazy possession. Uh, yeah, I can't believe – that was such a great play call, and I was listening to Urban Meyer's press conference after the game. He said that that was Ryan Day. That was, like, something that he had up his sleeve. I guess they're, like, preordained certain fourth and short plays before the week, but that was just something that Ryan Day picked up. Like, the last few times that they had tried a third and short or fourth and short run, um, the the whole, like, linebackers collapsed inside, and, and he was open. So, really good job, really great play call by Ryan Day, uh, future head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Phenomenal, phenomenal play call. You're You're right, Mike. And then the Maryland, <laughs> Maryland possession. Hey, what do you know? Anthony McFarland, 24-yard rush down to the Ohio State one. They score quick, and then Tyrell Pagrome saves us. And the Buckeyes. Really good. I, I maybe Pagrome missed the throw because he was so used to throwing it deep. Like maybe Maryland would have been better off if they just had like four false start penalties and he just threw one up over the top. Man, I really wonder if that if you're exactly right, Mike, because I I think I could have made that completion, uh, like being completely honest. I will say one thing that Greg McElroy pointed out, which I thought he did a pretty good job as a color commentator. He made a point how Begrom is only five foot eleven, so he doesn't like see everything over the top. And I don't remember who it was who was in his face when he was trying to make that throw. It might have been Draymond Jones. But Draymond Jones was a big guy, you know, he's six foot three, six foot four. Like the girl probably couldn't see what was in front of him and he was going he was like throwing at that receiver pretty blindly. So I think that kind of played a factor as well. Yeah, that that certainly certainly could be. So Mike, at large, um I mean we'll have a, a separate podcast breaking down Ohio State and Michigan, but heading into week thirteen of the season the game, college game days in town. Your initial prediction for the Ohio State Michigan game, what what is gonna happen? Uh you put you're putting me on the spot here, Nate. I'm gonna say that we're going to win. Uh look, the defense looked horrible today, but this is also a terrible matchup for us. I think we do better against teams that are pro style. Um if you look at our track record against Michigan State over the last few years, we've played well against them, we played well against Michigan. We played well against Wisconsin. Like, if anything, we get tripped up by these Purdue's or these Maryland's uh, that that tend to run, you know, throw more, like, speedy guys at us. Like, I feel like we, we're a good matchup for them, and I think we have the home field, and I think this kind of win galvanizes the locker room. I'm going to say right now, and, again, my prediction might change, but I'm going to say we take them down 27-20. Uh, to 20. Wow. Yeah, think, I, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said, and Mike, weirdly, I, I really can't believe I'm saying this because I was being quite the pessimist early on, but 
what we saw from Ohio State's offense today is exactly what we're going to need to do if we want to win a football game next week, and that's run the football, control the football, keep that defense of Michigan on the field. Um, we saw Indiana have some success both rushing and throwing the football today against that South Michigan defense. So I, I come away thinking there might be hope, um, but I think with each passing week, I get more and more afraid of the Buckeyes being in the college football playoff and just being utterly embarrassed. Uh, Nate, we'll take it one week at a time. Uh, this is, you know, that's the only thing we could really do, the only thing we could ask for, but the game next week is interesting. Uh, it still would have been interesting even if we lost, but now, you know, special stakes, game day is coming to town, a lot of excitement, and I'm glad we got this podcast out of the way, so to speak. Now we can kind of divert our full attention to Michigan during the week. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have another upset tonight. Maybe Washington State will go down and Ohio State can jump to eight in the polls. That'd be great. Mike, one last question before we go for you. You're kind of our, what I consider our Heisman expert. Tua, Tua Tugavailoa looked pretty good today um, in, a, in a close game or for what was the close game for a lot of the game against the Citadel. Dwayne Haskins, another 400-yard passing performance. Where does he stand in the Heisman conversation? Is he going to New York? Does he have a shot to win the trophy? What do you think? Um, I think he's going to New York, but he's not going to win the trophy. I think if you look at his stats for the year, it's probably, they're probably like too much to overcome. Kyler Murray also has three rushing touchdowns and 100 rushing yards against Kansas today. So I'm going to say that Tua finishes one, uh, Kyler Murray finishes two, and Dwayne Haskins finishes three. And I think the only thing that would change that is a crazy performance against Michigan, a crazy performance against Northwestern, and if Alabama were to lose to Georgia and Oklahoma falls apart, then I think it's a different conversation, but I wouldn't uh, hold your breath on that one. Fair enough. You heard it here first. All right, it's definitely much for us. We're going to try and do the Michigan podcast during the week. Hopefully you can consume that along with some turkey dinner for Thanksgiving. We'll try and have it out by then. A lot of stuff to look forward to, fun stuff. This is the best, uh, you know, best college football week of the year coming right up. Yes, it is. It's going to be – it gets started Friday, West Virginia, Oklahoma. You've got the Apple Cup. you got the game. You have Alabama-Auburn. Uh, it doesn't get any better than than this weekend. So please rate and review us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. You can send us our questions there at Nuts for Bucks Pod. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Okay. And go Bucks. Yeah.